0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm not setting my timer on my phone today. Uh I don't want to be rushed, Uh but, but I won't hold you over. I'll hold you just as long as the Holy Spirit wants to hold you. Noah got drunk. Moses committed murder. Rahab was a prostitute. David committed adultery, murder, and then he tried to hide it all. Peter was compulsive, and he denied Christ three times when Christ needed him most. Saul, before he became Paul, he hunted down, imprisoned, and killed Christians. These men and women and so many others, having had an encounter with God, became followers of God, followers of Jesus, and eventually became leaders for Jesus. Listen, followers of Jesus are meant to become leaders for Jesus. Would you say it with me, church? Followers of Jesus are meant to become leaders for Jesus. In 1997 or so, I was probably about 28 years old, married for only about three years, still had a lot of stuff that I was dealing with. Ask my wife, or maybe don't ask her. <laughs> and uh, we were going to church, we were saved, and we were being faithful, and we found a wonderful church pastor and a church family. And one day, our senior pastor called us, well, it was his secretary. And she was trying to set up a meeting for us to come down and meet with him. This was like a huge honor. We really loved our senior pastor. So we met with him, and he invited us into a role uh, known at our church as eldership ministry. And it wasn't because we were old. Uh, First and foremost, it had to have been because the Lord put us on his heart. Uh, Eldership ministry in our church was a leadership role. It was an extension of his love and the love of God to the congregation. Some of the responsibilities and privileges we had, we would be open for hospital visitation, house visits. Uh, Every Sunday, the men... A bunch of us, like 20 or 30 men, we'd get there before both services and we would pray and we would sing and be filled with the Spirit and with the Word. And then we would all walk into service together. We all had to sit in the front row so that we can lead by example and ex- exemplifying. Uh, staying in the word as our pastor's preaching and worshiping the Lord and being engaged. And we had the privilege to anoint people with oil at a certain point in service when people would come down for healing. And and it was a wonderful season in our life. And I'll be honest, I'm going to tell on us a little bit. My wife really, really thought that he might have been going a little senile when he called us, especially me. She knew me. He didn't really know me. But I'm just trusting God knew. Amen. And my wife had younger days, served the Lord, and then fell away and backslid. And when she came back to the Lord, she had made a firm decision. She didn't want to get married to any man who was going to be serving God at that level. She just wanted to kind of serve and follow in the background. Not necessarily be an example for leadership. This was the furthest thing from her heart and her mind. And she really, really thought that this senior pastor missed it by selecting us. Just be honest, by selecting me. She was okay. But I was really, really way out there. And this was an incredible opportunity for us to understand that as followers, God was asking us now to step up and to become a leader, per se, to exemplify a life that goes after God. Jesus. God wants every follower to become a leader for Jesus. And that's why we're starting a new series today, and we're simply calling it Born to Lead. Say it with me, church. Born to Lead. Now, I, I like to give it a subtitle. On your sheet, it says, Becoming a Leader for Jesus. Another subtitle could be this, Going from followers to leaders for Jesus. Now, I know right at the outset, some of us uh, in here could be one of three mindsets. You could be like, yes, preach it, Robert. I'm ready. I knew it. I want to be a leader or we need more leaders and hang in there because we need you to step into leadership. And there's another group of people here who might say, well, wait a minute. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if that's really for me. I am more comfortable in the background, just following. After all, I am not an extrovert like you, Pastor Robert. <laughs> I am an introvert, and I, don't, I just don't know if I agree with that. It's going to take some convincing. Well, don't lose heart. Just stay with me, and I promise by the time we're done, you're going to have a change of mind, not because of what I'm doing or saying, but because of what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying in your heart right now. Okay? And then there's a third category you have already... Tune me out. You're like, I knew I shouldn't have come. It was comfortable in bed. I should have had that second cup of coffee. There is absolutely no way whatsoever is this guy ever going to get me to become a leader. And I think some of those misconceptions have to do with what we consider a leader. See, leadership, especially in the kingdom of God, isn't a title or a position. It's not even authority. It really is a heart to serve and to influence people for Jesus and for the kingdom of God. Leadership is influence for Jesus. So I don't want you to think that you have to have this big position or you have to preach a message in front of people. You just have to be willing to yield your heart to him and listen to what the Holy Spirit Is saying in the moment, and leverage your life, and leverage your gifts, and leverage your God-given abilities for Him. Partnering with Him to build His church, and to demonstrate the heart of the Father in the earth. That's a leader for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. But before I start reading in verse 25, as you're turning there, I just want to set us up till we get to verse 25. Jesus had been teaching, and these two brothers, James and John, they have a mother who just thinks that they're the best. Come on, moms, you think your kids are the best. Admit it. So mom and James and John approach Jesus, and mom says, Hey, Jesus, so I believe that you're going to set up your kingdom one day here on the earth. And when you do, and all of these guys are selected to rule and reign with you, Would you pick my two sons, one to sit on your right and one to sit on your left, so that they could take a place of position and authority and leadership right with you at your side? And Jesus basically, in a nutshell, says, listen, that's not for me to give. It's for my father to give. And then Jesus is such a gentle teacher he doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't rebuke the mother. He, he breaks it down in a way that they could understand. And he tells this story starting in verse 25. And I just want to read a few verses as we kick off this series here. Matthew 25. Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus called them, all of his disciples, and mom too, and said, You know that the rulers... Of the Gentiles Now, rulers can also be translated leader. Now, you know that the leaders of the Gentiles, the Gentiles are those outside of a covenant relationship with God. They lord it over them. To lord it over them, their leadership, making them feel less than, making them feel insufficient, making them feel lower than, well, elevating themselves. They lord it over them. And those who are great leaders in authority, exercise authority over them. Notice, yet it shall not be so among you, kingdom people, my people, my followers. But whoever desires to become great a leader among you, my followers, let him be your servant. So so Jesus' role uh, of leading is upside down and completely opposite of the role of leading in a secular business entity. His kingdom leadership is different than what we would find outside of the kingdom of God. And whoever desires to be first among you, a leader, an exemplifier of the ways of Jesus, Let him be your slave. Also translated, servant. In many other Bible translations. Listen, key verse. Just as the son of man, he's referring to himself. That's a title that he gave to himself. Son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He did not come to Be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. How many of you believe that Jesus is the greatest example of a servant leader that we will ever have? Amen. Pastor Robert, why is becoming a leader so important? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Just two real quickly. You don't have to write anything down. Just let them hit your spirit. First of all, becoming a servant leader exemplifies the greatest commandment. Love God and love people. See, when you're serving as a leader in the kingdom, you're loving God by serving Him, and you're exemplifying His love by serving and leading other people. Second reason why Christian leadership is so important is because being a servant leader for Jesus is so fulfilling. Not only in this temporary life, but for all eternity. How many of you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not leader, servant. See, in Jesus' estimation, leading is serving. And there's rewards for serving Jesus. Here, now, and in all eternity. The title of today's message, our short message, is Called, Qualified, and Empowered. Come on, say it with me. Called, Qualified, and Empowered. I just want to give us three realizations we need if we will go from followers to leaders for Jesus. Realization number one. I am called by God to lead. The word called is the fill in the blank in your sermon guide. Now, some of you might feel like called, you know, that's a big theological word. It seems like it's a big Bible word. Like, Billy Graham was called. Now, I, don't, I don't know that I'm called. Well, if that kind of uh, trips you up, a good, uh, another good word would be invited. invited. I am invited By God to lead. Think about the word lead. What does lead mean? Lead means to simply go forward with somebody and show them the way. How many of you believe that Jesus wants followers to become leaders? Amen. Ephesians 2.10. One of my favorite verses. So powerful. Verses 1 through 9. Paul really emphasizes our identity in Christ and the fact that we went from death to life. And we've been raised in him. We're seated in him We've got life because of him. We're out of darkness. We're in light. And then he gets to verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship. Now let me pause because we can read through that. For we are his workmanship. The Holy Spirit's reading it today. Listen, for we are his. Do you consider yourself his? Or do you consider yourself your own? I mean, that'll preach. Just, we are his, period. That affects everything. It should. Notice what he says For we are his workmanship. That word workmanship, some other translations say masterpiece. Come on, wives, tell your husband, I told you, I told you I'm a masterpiece. Come on, guys, you tell them, I knew it, baby. I'm your masterpiece, right? God's the artisan. He's the sculptor. He's the creator. He's the one who's shaping and molding. Before he formed you in the womb, he knew you. Before you were born, he set you apart He knew you would choose him when he chose you and he's created you to become a leader. We are his workmanship, notice, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand in advance that we should walk in them. Notice, he's not going to make me walk in them. He's not going to force you to walk in them. He's going to give you an opportunity to respond and walk in them willingly. This word created, created in Christ Jesus, it's important we catch this. He's not merely talking about the fact that he formed you in the womb and that you were birthed naturally. He's talking about your rebirth. He's talking about the fact that he regenerated you with the power of the Holy Spirit He cleansed you. He took you out of darkness and placed you in the light. He made you the righteousness of God before him. He forgave you of all of your sin. Now you stand before him righteous as if you've never sinned. He birthed you from heaven and he recreated you by a supernatural power. Amen. In Christ Jesus. Why? So you can lead. I'm not a leader, or we're going to get to that. Remember, leading is going with someone and showing them the way. Many, many ways we can lead. How about Matthew 4.19? I love this. The first encounter. It seems like one of the first encounters that the first followers of Jesus had. And Jesus comes to them, and listen to what he says. He says, follow me. And I will make you let that sink in. I mean, I'm not even finish it yet. Let's just let that sink in. Okay, there's a divine exchange that He's calling them into that's going to take place. See, the goal of Jesus from the very first time He called you was to develop you, to deploy you. Amen. to be developed, to be deployed. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men like me. Amen, church. Is that what he was saying? Oh, Pastor Robert, you know, well, you're a fisherman. That's easy for you to say. No, 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 no. Listen. You're qualified. We're going to talk about that. But every follower... It's supposed to understand that there's this developmental process that's going on on the inside of me. And at some point, I'm supposed to be deployed and become a leader for Jesus. I love leadership from Jesus' perspective. See, the devil and our culture is going to do everything it can to convince you that you aren't really called by God to lead that you aren't really invited by God to lead. That's for the elite few. Listen, that's not true. That's a lie. Every follower is meant to become a leader for Jesus. I love Matthew twenty sixteen, The end of the parable just says this. It says, For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, in the broad context of that verse... It's talking about the fact that God wants anyone and everyone to come to Christ, but few are chosen because few choose to respond and step into the gospel invitation. But once you get into the family, this phrase still holds true. Many are called to leadership for Jesus, but few are chosen. Now that doesn't mean that God hasn't chosen you that implies that I haven't chosen to respond to the fact that God chose me. Amen? Many are called, but few are chosen. How many of you believe we need more leaders for Jesus in our world? Come on, church. How many of you believe that you should be one of those leaders in our world? I don't know, Pastor Robert. That's another story. Well, listen, we're going somewhere. A few weeks ago... In our connect group, a few men that meet on Wednesday night, uh, we, we were sharing some prayer requests. And a prayer request by David, our Alkids minister, um, a prayer request from him was that, you know, the, the plan of God would come to fruition in his life. And he shared with us how his grandmother, who was a pastor, shared a prophetic word, something from God for him and his life as he grows. And I think that prophetic word was something to the effect of that David one day will be a preacher and a teacher of the gospel. Amen, David? And I don't know. Years and years and years and years and years have gone by. He's loving God. He's serving God. He's fast. He's faithful. He's available. He's supportive. And he's teachable. And God sees that. And God's using him. And God's empowering him. And God's giving him opportunities. And he's leading in our kids. He's leading kids. He's leading parents. That prophetic word, one day you're going to preach the gospel. One day you're going to teach the word. I don't know, six months, eight months ago, I'm going about just my business, whatever, running errands, and God keeps whispering to my heart. You need to talk to David about him coming, preaching the word. I had no idea that his grandmother spoke those words over him many, many years ago when he was a baby. Here he is, a full-fledged adult serving God. And I call him, and his first response was, yikes! (laughs) Not me! See, David's a He's comfortable leading from the back. But every follower is meant to become a leader. And that means I'm going to step into what God calls me to step into. And wouldn't you know it? He agreed and said, God wants me to do it. And just a few months ago, he preached his first message to adults right here in this sanctuary. And God's faithful to his word. And then just a couple weeks ago, he, he preached his second message to adults right here in this sanctuary. What's the point of all of that? The point is this. Listen, God has called, God has invited every follower to step into becoming a leader. It doesn't mean you're going to preach and teach from the platform. But what is the gifting? What is the ability? What is the thing that God wants you to lead and influence your world for Jesus in? Here's the second thing that I want to clarify in regards to a realization that we need to have if we'll go from being a follower to a leader. you ready? I am qualified to lead. Come on, say it with me, church. I am qualified to lead. Now, Pastor Robert, does that mean I don't have to change? I'm just right here, and this is as good as I'm ever No, that's not what it means. I'm going to explain that to you. Are there things that we can learn? Uh, Do we need to sharpen our leadership skills? Do, Do we need to read books? Do we need to maybe get an education? Are there things that I can do to become a stronger leader for Jesus? Of course, but that doesn't mean that you're disqualified because you don't have all that yet. There are differences, though, between a follower for Jesus and a leader. Let me just share some, real quick. A follower simply follows Jesus, a leader helps others follow Jesus. A follower learns the teachings of Jesus, a leader teaches the teachings of Jesus. A follower comes to gatherings to be fed. A leader comes with a heart to feed others. Amen, church? A follower is always being served. A leader is looking for ways to serve. A follower looks for what's in it for me. A leader looks for what's in it for others. Amen? Now, I don't want anybody to feel any condemnation. If you're feeling any of that, peel it off right now. That's not of Jesus. I'm just bringing my heart as a pastor. I believe this is the word. I believe this is what God wants us to hear. I believe that every follower is meant to become a leader. You are qualified to become a leader for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4. 3 verse 5 and 6 the first half listen this is so powerful so much relief it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own our qualification comes from god read those five words with me come on our qualification comes from god Listen, he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. What's a minister? That's you, Pastor Robert. You're supposed to do it all. No, that's not true. A minister is a servant leader. A minister is a follower of Jesus who understands that they're supposed to become a servant leader. To minister is to serve. It's to wait on somebody. It's to attend to someone's need in the family and beyond. I was and I am one of the least qualified people to be able to do what I do. And by the way, in my natural tendencies, I am constantly questioning myself And at times, I get discouraged. And at times, the enemy lies to me and tries to condemn me and keep me from leading the way God wants me to. But I have to be reminded, as you do this morning, in Christ, you are qualified. In Christ, you are set apart. In Christ, you are made alive. In Christ, you have been forgiven. In Christ, you have been accepted. In Christ, there is a predetermined plan and purpose for you to go from a follower to a leader for the kingdom of God and the building of his church in the earth. You're qualified. I'm gonna tell a funny story. This is a true story. Uh, I'm sure John won't mind. John Sherwood, I'm gonna tell a story. It's about you, but it's a good one, I promise. How many of you believe John's qualified to be playing that acoustic electric guitar back there? Amen. So, so one day I'm talking to him and his family, his two kids, right? He's got some cute little kiddos. And um, I'm talking to his kids and his, and his wife. And his little boy goes, uh, I was playing with my daddy's guitar. <laughs> oh, daddy has a guitar, huh? He goes, yeah. He sings at church something like that. Oh, he sings at church, huh? And then somebody just spilled the beans. Yeah, yeah, he leads worship. He's led worship before a church. He's qualified. They didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind right now. He's qualified to lead and to sing. We need uh, musicians and singers, right? Listen, but what's really awesome is uh, his son volunteered the information, not him out of the mouth of babes, amen? And, and it's just the heart of God to position anyone who's yielded to what he's called them to and what he's qualified for them to step into. It's the heart of God to make a way when it seems like there's no natural way. Right, Billy? Amen? We needed a drummer. God, I need a drummer. What am I going to do? We need a drummer. Sometimes Facebook is a good platform to get the word out for a drummer. So I'm, I'm part of Ranlow Town Talk or something, and I just, oh, man, who, I'm sure. Who's going to respond to this? I just felt like the Lord, put it out there, put it out there. Hey, something like, just wondering if anybody out there would like to share their gift and play some drums for a small local church and help us build our worship team. I got one person who responded, how much you paying? I mean, uh, there, there's musicians who get money. That's okay. It wasn't him. But, but there are some musicians who get money. I said, well, we're, at, we're just not at the place where we're paying right now. Thank you. You know, I'm going to just believe God. And then he responds. He sends me a private message. Hey, yeah, I'm interested in learning more about your church and who you are and what you believe. And I'm a kingdom-hearted guy and I'm a kingdom-minded guy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe God will do something. We, we went out. We had some lunch. We got to know each other. And we're blessed with, with this awesome drummer. Amen? I mean, see, but the, but, the, but the back story is he hasn't played for 12 years because he had a quadruple bypass surgery that didn't work and hit into five more surgeries, and he's been out of drumming for over 10 years, and he's just getting his sticks back in the rhythm, but he's doing a good job. Amen? Amen. See, God calls people... God qualifies people that have a heart to step into and a yieldedness to step into kingdom purposes in the earth. Are you one of those people? God's qualified you through Jesus. Here's the third realization we got to have if we're going to go from being a follower of Jesus to a leader for Jesus. Jesus. I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead. Now, the word empowered is not, I don't think that's a hard word to understand. It means He gives you the ability, He gives you the capacity, He gives you the anointing, a religious Bible word, right? It's His grace, His power on you, He empowers you. You know what I discovered? Maybe the hardest word in this phrase is the word "by." B Y. Circle it. I can be. It's a choice. It's a yieldedness. It's it's a it's a it's a, a developmental process. I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And now that's very uh, Bible, but but how? Pastor Robert how, how how what does that mean i can be empowered by the holy spirit uh, the lord showed me this something this morning it's not going to be on the screen i didn't get it to them in the notes if you have a bible turn to it you want to i promise first peter first peter oh thank you lord 1 Peter chapter 4. I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead. Uh, the leadership isn't on you per se. It's on him in you. Okay. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11. Look at it with me. If you're there, say amen. 1 Peter 4 11. If anyone speaks let him speak as the oracles of God. Oracles of God. What does that mean, Pastor Robert? The utterances, the words that God gives, that God's providing, okay? If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, come on, say, I am a minister. See, a minister is a servant leader. If anyone ministers, in my Bible, listen to what it says. Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. Drums, guitar, keys, singing, media, sound, screen support, guest services, kids, security. Facilities, cleanup, management of the house of God. Anything that you are ministering in, you do it with the ability which God supplies. Why is that important? That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Now, this is important that we understand this because I think in our modern day and age, when you hear the word spiritual, depending on who you're talking to, it can mean a lot of different things. I've been door knocking and sharing the gospel and inviting people to church or telling people about our pantry ministry, and I'd come across somebody who said, well, I'm a spiritual person. Hold on, let me get my crystal ball. Hold on, let me get my tarot cards. Let me show you. Let me read your palm. No joke. These people consider themselves spiritual people. New age. It's dark. It's demonic. It's not of God. I want us to understand this because when it says I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's talking about our learning to walk in the Spirit and yield to the Spirit in anything that we're doing in life, in church or beyond the walls of church, and be infused with His ability and His power in the moment to be ministers for God. And this word spiritual in the Greek, pneumatikos, from the Greek word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, numa it literally means the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So when it says spiritual, it means to be aided by and helped by, and assisted by, and with the power that flows from the Holy Spirit of God. So when I am saying I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead, it's saying that I'm learning to yield my life to Him, moment by moment, day by day, to His ability to speak through me, to use me, to love through me, to to empower me, to minister on a broad scale of life and and deal with whatever needs to be dealt with in that moment. But that's a choice. I can be. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, the disciples. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells them, don't depart from Jerusalem. Don't go preaching the gospel until you receive the power from on high. Do you remember that? He didn't want them to go until that happened, and then they're waiting in the upper room. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, but that's not a one-and-done thing because there's free refills in the kingdom of God. And anytime you're running low, you can go and fill up. You can get in the Word. You can pray. You can praise. You can be prayed for, and you can yield, and you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, it takes just as much power of the Holy Spirit to run the soundboard, to run the screen support, to play the drums, to greet people, to preach the word, to pass out food. Listen, we all need the Holy Spirit to do all of that. Amen? So Pastor Robert, what's the point? What's the driving point? Well, the driving point is simple. Here it is, you ready? Followers of Jesus are meant to become leaders for Jesus, and you are called, qualified, and empowered. Amen? Amen. Have you been blessed by the word? Great, let's pray. Can we pray? Stand to our feet. So what do I do? What do I do, Pastor Robert? That was good information. That was a pretty good message, I guess. But, but what do I do from here? Well, um, that depends on where you're at. Let me explain. If you're already leading now, if you consider yourself to have gone from a follower to a leader in one capacity or another, then my advice for you would to uh, sharpen yourself. Go to the Lord and ask him, is there another level of commitment? Is there a Christian book on leadership you can read? Is there an amazing leader that you can tune into? One that I like to tune into, his name is Pastor Craig Groeschel. He pastors Life Church. He has 31, 32 campuses over 10 states. It's an amazing church. He's an amazing leader of leaders. He has a free podcast; you can get it. So, if you're already a leader, ask the Lord, "What's next? How can I sharpen my leadership for you? Is there another level of commitment for you? Uh, Is there someone that I can glean from?" Listen, invest in your leadership. If you're leading already, let me say this: invest in leading someone else to become a leader. God's got something in you that he wants to flow through you. Amen? Somebody else, uh, you might say, Pastor Robert, man, I know I should be leading by now, but I'm still just a follower. You're not just a follower. You are a called, qualified, can be empowered by the Holy Spirit follower. And God's got something for you. Don't be discouraged. Don't disqualify yourself. Let me help you as your pastor take a step. God needs you in leadership. Sunday mornings, this is an easy place to step into leadership. We need more sound technicians, we need more screen support, guys and gals. Uh, We need a a guest services team leader who will help to encourage and organize and schedule and lead the team for our guests and our family members. You're called to that. You're qualified for that. You're empowered by God to do that. We need more uh, team uh, facility workers every week. Me and Matthew and Wade, we come here on Tuesdays and we vacuum and we clean the toilets and we clean the the windows and we take out the trash and we ready the campus for the family. We need more leaders in that role. We need more musicians leading us in worship. We need more vocalists. We need more keyboardists. We need a second worship team so this one doesn't have to serve every Sunday. Amen? Amen. How many of you like to cook? But how many of you like to sit down and eat sometimes? Amen, right? You don't want to cook every night. You want to be able to just sit and receive, right? So I don't want our worship team to be every Sunday, every Sunday. Come on, we need more musicians to lead. Amen. What's the point, Pastor Robert? Well, if you're leading, sharpen your leadership. If you're not step in. Let me know. Let me put you in the kingdom leading. Amen. You bow your heads as we pray. Father, we thank you for your presence that was here among your people today. We thank you for what you did in our service as we worshiped you. You removed burdens and you destroyed yokes. You set people free. Father, we thank you that as the snow comes down from heaven and the rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud so that it does not return there, but it brings produce from the earth, so shall your word be that goes forth from your mouth. It shall not return void. So we receive your word today, God. We thank you that you're working in us, that good and perfect will that you have for us. You're taking us from followers to leaders in the kingdom of God for Jesus. Use us for his glory and his glory only. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen, amen. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.